Hi, I'm Kirsten Chick, author of Nutrition Brought to Life, and this podcast is a companion to the book. You can listen as you read Nutrition Brought to Life, or before as a kind of preview, or after you've finished the book as a refresher. Either way, I hope this helps you make some small changes that make a big difference in your life. Welcome back. This is me, Kirsten Chick, nutritional therapist and author of Nutrition Brought to Life. In the last episode, or chapter as I'm calling them, as each episode focuses on a chapter of my book, we talked about harnessing sunshine and creating energy batteries called ATP in your cells and mitochondria. This chapter, chapter four, is called Sugar, the Highs and the Lowdown. And we're going to look a little more closely at the sugar that holds that sunshine energy to begin with. So remember, the plant has taken the energy from the sunshine and put it into things like glucose and also fructose and other kind of sugar. Sometimes the plant knits those together to make more complex carbohydrates you find in grains and starchy vegetables. And then your digestive system breaks them down into sugar again and absorbs the sugar into your bloodstream. We later use an intricate process in our cells to take the sunshine out of that sugar and put it into something called ATP that we can then use as a kind of energy battery. But before we can do that, we have to get the sugar we've digested out of the bloodstream and into the cells. That glucose doesn't just pour into the cells. It has to enter via a carefully controlled gate. This gate is opened when a hormone called insulin attaches to an insulin receptor on the cell surface. So what happens is if you have a lot of glucose in your blood vessels, you release a load of insulin into your bloodstream and any that attaches to an insulin receptor then opens that gate so that glucose can go into the cell and its sunshine energy harvested. Perfect. Except that if you keep flooding your bloodstream with sugar, you're going to keep also flooding it with insulin. And after a while, your insulin receptors just stop letting them attach. If someone was continually ringing your doorbell asking for you to open your gate, you might disconnect the doorbell too. This is called insulin resistance. So that gate stays shut and instead you get both insulin and glucose building up in your bloodstream, causing persistent inflammation. Persistent inflammation is bad news. It underpins every chronic illness you can think of, from heart disease and diabetes to dementia and cancer, and can even cause obesity. So while we're usually being told that being overweight or obese is the cause of chronic illness, like diabetes and cancer, actually chronic illness can just as easily be a cause of being overweight or obese. On top of that, if your blood sugar levels are yo-yoing up and down, that's going to affect your mood, your concentration levels, and your general ability to get through the day. Blood sugar dysregulation can trigger headaches, nausea, and even miscarriages. So you really want your blood sugar regulating hormones, 
like insulin to be able to do their job properly, which means not continually flooding your bloodstream with sugar. Now, sugar isn't the bad guy. It's actually a magical little sunshine carrier. It's how we eat it that's important. Firstly, let's keep the quantities down. That goes for anything sugary, like cakes, biscuits, ice cream, flavoured yogurts, fizzy drinks and fruit juice, as well as anything carby like wheat, rice, oats, potatoes and so on. Unlike the traditional food pyramid, these shouldn't be making up the largest percentage of your food intake. With things like pasta, rice and potatoes, try reducing them so they take up a quarter of your plate, for example. With sugary treats, well, we'll look at this next time. We're all different, so what works for me might not work for you. But I do know that most people rely, rely way too much on carbs. Of course, for many, this is a financial necessity. Carbs fill you up cheaply. If this is the case for you, then see what local initiatives are on your doorstep that help you access low-cost vegetables and whole foods. Things like food hubs, community gardens and allotments, low-cost box schemes and so on. Secondly, we need fibre alongside the sugar to slow down how it enters the bloodstream. Eating a whole piece of fruit or a handful of berries will be satisfying because the fibre bogs it out and stops us eating too much. That same fibre actually slows down how quickly the sugar enters the bloodstream and so helps prevent insulin resistance. That's why I don't usually recommend fruit juice. You end up drinking way too much fructose, the main sugar in fruit, without the fiber to keep insulin in balance. Vegetables and whole grains are also rich in fiber. Thirdly, there are a bunch of nutrients that can help you make healthy insulin and insulin receptors, as well as help them bind to each other. Refined flours and sugars have had most of their fiber and nutrients removed, so they're more likely to contribute to insulin resistance than save you for it, from it. Things like white pasta, white rice, white bread, white sugar, the white flour used in most cakes and biscuits, go for the unrefined and wholemeal versions as much as possible. And because they're so much more nourishing, you may find you're more easily satisfied by them. If you find this much fibre too challenging for your digestive system, get some personalised professional advice. So to recap, have a play with gradually reducing your sugar and carb intake and replacing refined carbohydrates with whole grains and whole fruit. Let us know how you get on in the Facebook group. More on sugar next time in Sugar Part 2, Life is Sweet. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition Brought to Life podcast. There's also a Facebook group you can join called Nutrition Brought to Life Podcast Community, where you can share useful insights and recipes, ask questions and get more support on your nutrition journey. If you haven't read it yet, there's so much more in the book, Nutrition Brought to Life, 
as well as all the scientific references and some glorious pictures. And you can find out more about me at kirstenchick.com.